we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 36 months into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Emerson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? You trying to keep cool, I assume. Yeah, you got some cold drinks around you. Yeah, you're trying to keep cool because the air conditioner has not been sorted out. That's got to be a sweltering one down there. Yeah, uh, healthy and alive. Um, it's a little warm, you know, 80, I think it's like 85 or so outside right now. And it's 80 degrees in the house. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm roasting a little bit. But yeah, have the cool drinks and... Trying to stay cool. You're not just roasting physically; you're roasting emotionally too, aren't you? Uh, yeah, a little, little heated uh, emotionally as well. Yeah, I can understand your frustration. Uh, we're we're actually we're planning on doing an abbreviated podcast today because the person that has taken over the entire news cycle for today has been Donald Trump. He's been formally arrested in Manhattan, and he just was arraigned, which quite frankly, that's further than most of the January 6th people have gotten. Uh, he's been arraigned. He's been charged with, uh, was it 34 counts? I was just reading 34 counts of uh, tax uh -huh. evasion or, or whatever it was, or tax fraud or what, some falsifying felonies. documents, financial documents, whatever. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're claiming it's felonies. Felonies. Yes, of course, because no member of the Democrat party's ever committed a felony ever. Mm -hmm. No person involved with the, the Clintons have ever committed any felonies or the Clintons themselves have never committed any felonies. Or the fact that the, this information was leaked from a, a grand jury anyway is a felony in Which and of itself. So no, there, there's no record of anybody else being convicted of felonies or anything. It's not like we've ever done this to a, a sitting president in our nation's history. So this is the path that they're going to go down. Cameras have been banned from the courtroom. No cameras, not allowed to have any cameras in there. Why? Why is that? Oh, by the way, uh, the chief of staff for the district attorney, uh, what's his name, Bragg or something, Alvin Bragg or, or whatever. Yeah, uh, his Bragg, chief, yeah. Of, yeah, his chief of staff just deleted his Twitter account because he had previously posted tweets boasting about how great it would be to arrest Trump and charge him. Bragg has also said similar things um, as well in the past, and he's um, it, it's it's clear that he's a nobody that's trying to gain fame and potentially run for governor. That's that's all this is. He's trying to get some street cred. 
And Donald Trump is, of course, using this as a, a moment to uh, gain some funding and, and donations and whatnot uh, during this as well. So really, it's a mutual. He's going to come out and all the charges are going to be uh, found, he's going to be found not guilty of any of the charges or he might get like a misdemeanor or something. He has to pay a thousand dollars and both sides come out making more money and donations because the left is going after their fascist evil you know dictator and the right is um the victim and so both sides will get their donations both sides will get their talking points in the meantime we're ignoring all of the real problems is my issue with this is we're not smoke paying screen. attention yeah exactly it's a smokescreen we're not paying attention to the entrenched corruption in our established order that needs to be removed we're not paying attention to that Advisor to Donald Trump, Jason Miller, tweeted that the Trump campaign has raised $7 million in three days. So in the last 72 hours, they've raised $7 million. Boy, that's a pretty good dollar per hour, wouldn't you say? I would say so. We've raised $7 it's million. Possible. Well, it's possible he could have made more uh, if he would have yeah. said, no, I'm staying in Florida. Possibly. I don't know. But anyway. He's pleaded not guilty on all charges, and I'm assuming that it will be found as such after this entire witch hunt thing that they do. I mean, the uh, the the Russia collusion impeachment thing that took what uh, was it was it almost a year that took maybe a little like longer a year than that? year and a half something like that and millions yeah. and then and it was another year for the yeah then it was another year for the uh, the Robert Mueller report. Mm -hmm. So this, I'm assuming they're going to drag this on as long as need be, or at least try to. Uh, Joe Biden has announced today that he probably won't make any declarations as to whether or not he's going to run until the fall. So you see, he's going to wait uh, because they probably need to see what the fallout of this is going to be. Or if he's even going to live that long. That is another good point. Yes. So uh, there is the Trump thing. So I'm not really, you know, whatever. I, I really don't care about any of that stuff. Before we before we get away from that real quick. Well, I, yeah, I was I just going wanna... to talk about the protests and things that are happening out front and the scuffles and, and all that stuff. But yeah, go okay. on. Okay, that, that OK, that uh, uh, sorry for interrupting that. Would, no, 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 that'll no, fit ahead. in with what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, go on. So go on. so I'm I'm a bit I'm, I'm a bit annoyed by uh, the quote unquote conservatives and how they're worshiping at the feet of Trump. Uh, Cheeto Jesus saves. I, I quite liked that uh, reference of Trump Sorry? saying he's Cheeto Jesus. Yes. Cheeto, um, like the, like the snack. Cheeto, like the, like the, yeah, like the, yeah, crisp or chip, whichever okay. you want to call it from whatever country. I, I'm trying um, to follow the analogy, but I'm, it's eluding me at the moment, but continue. Maybe orange, I'll get it. Orange, orange, man, oh, orange. Cheeto. Oh yeah. Orange. Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Cheeto Jesus saves. I, I thought that was quite funny referencing to him because this is a cult. It's a hero cult. Uh, if you look at the people that are worshiping at the feet of Trump, not once do they critique him for turning himself in. They say, oh, DeSantis needs to do more. And they were lambasting DeSantis because he needs to, you know, protect Trump and not, um, you know, not uh, comply to the um, indictment and all that, blah, blah, blah. Right. So DeSantis did and he complied. And when Trump then said, nah, that's not necessary, I'm just going to turn myself in. Not one Trump supporter, uh, the talking heads out there, said that was, what What are you doing? Like, this is the wrong move. We, we, we were wanting you to stay. No, no. What about the January Sixers that went out there and protested in support of him? What is the Trump 
campaign done to support oh that's they haven't done anything nothing um no funds no lawyers no nothing and they just arrested someone new recently uh another grandmother for parading and what has trump done to help them has he has he dipped into his own personal pockets to pay for their legal fees no no he hasn't he doesn't care what what you happens to you all he cares about is getting him some that's it that's all he cares about is himself and you know just as well as anybody else, if this were the uh, crusaders of whoever they put up there on the Democrat side, they would have the ACLU, the National Lawyers Guild, and everybody, every other uh, nonprofit NGO group out there, and they would have their bail posted and they would be out that day. You know damn well that that's how it would go. Look at all the uh, the riots that happened because of the George Floyd thing, the Antifa and the BLM riots that cost hundreds of billions of dollars in damage across American cities and all the people that were arrested. How many of those garbage celebrities came out and posted their bond within, what was it, like six hours or something? So, something like that? The vice president. Yeah, yeah, the vice, yeah, the vice president, for God's sake. Marjorie Taylor Greene on the significance of Trump being arrested. I can't believe I'm actually hearing this. President Trump is joining some of the most incredible people in history being arrested today. Um, Nelson Mandela was arrested, served time in prison. Jesus, Jesus was arrested and murdered by uh, the Roman government. There have been many people throughout history that have been arrested and persecuted by radical, corrupt governments. And it's beginning today in New York City. Um, and I just can't believe it's happening, but I'll always support him. He's done nothing wrong. So um, we're comparing Donald Trump to Jesus Christ now being arrested by the Romans. Told you. It's a cult. It's ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I, I can't believe what I'm hearing out of the so-called right wing. Do, do you see my problem now with this turning point crap? Do you see my problem with all this? Is, is that right there? When we talk mm. about being conservatives, somebody please explain to me how these people are considered, quote, conservatives. What in the hell are they trying to conserve? They're not trying to conserve anything. I've got these people that I'm, I'm reading about today. These turning point people are saying, we're going to build a new republic. Um, no, I don't want to build a new republic. I want the old one back. I don't want to build a new one. I don't want to build back better like Klaus Schwab and the rest of those morons. I don't want anything to do with that. Marjorie Taylor Greene, again, another one of those people that I didn't mention in my rant yesterday, comparing Trump to Jesus. This is cult level on both sides, on both sides in the U.S., You've got the, the crazy COVID cult on the left, and you've got the crazy Trump MAGA cult on the right. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting to sit here and watch this. Yeah, you got the death cult on the left, as you said, and then the right. I don't even know what the hell to call the cult. Like, they don't even have, they don't even really have principles on the right. Uh, like, see, like the left has kind of like your, they have more or less goals and principles to to adhere to, to, to push towards. What do you have on the right? Like, what's your your? You seem like the desperate like nerd in school that just is looking for any kind of attention from anybody, and that 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 that's what this feels like. Now, you know, they they globbed on to Trump. You know, I I gave Trump the benefit of the doubt. I really did. I really sure. thought um, sure. he truly cares about people, and uh, to an extent, I still believe that. I think he does truly care about people to an extent. Um, except for the jab thing. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not with that. Yeah. Except for the jab thing. Um, you could argue that that's what drove him to make the decision on the jab is because he cared about people and he believed that this would help him, uh, help the people. Okay. Admit um, fault. I'll just, I'll, exactly. I'll throw that out there. Admit fault. Take accountability for the choice that you made. And he never does. He no, never he takes accountability for any of his faults. 
So no, no, I'm 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 done. All the things that I've said that were good about him in the past, I still mean. I still think there's a there's a part of him that truly does care about people, but it's become all too obvious now that this is just a political game. This is just a game, not even a political game. It's not even a political game. That's the thing. This is this is a Trump brand thing. It has nothing to do with politics. He's just exploiting politics. It's another art of the deal. He's just using politics as his medium to make some money. Uh, okay, yeah. So he lost some money and his family lost some money uh, during the uh, Trump administration. Yeah, that's true. But they have a cult now. They have a following that will literally die for them. Literally. If Trump went out there, you know, the, the uh, saying if he was out there shooting people in the street, it, it would it would be fine. Like the, the, the people would still support him. Yeah. I was actually thinking on this today. We mentioned something in the closing segment of our podcast yesterday about the Institute for Policy Studies. This is a, an entrenched cancerous growth in our democratic form of government in the United States. It's appalling what this so-called progressive think tank has done and continues to do. That place has been in business since before we were born. And you think about how many administrations we've actually been through in just our lifetime. Reagan, Bush 1, Bush 2, Bill Clinton, Obama, Trump. Now we're on to Biden. That's a lot of administrations. And that's a lot of... Um, well, shall we say, uh, different ends of the political spectrum, depending on your perception. That institution is still there. Throughout all the years of Donald Trump being in that office, hell, even before he was in that office, drain the swamp, right? Drain the swamp. Drain that swamp. Boy, we're going to drain that swamp. We're going to drain that swamp. We're going to build that wall MAGA. That's what it was all about, right? While that think tank remains, has anybody even heard of it? Has anybody even mentioned the fact that, hey, um, this is the spawning ground for the swamp? I don't think so. Where's the initiative to revoke an organization like that's charter? Where's the initiative to go after the radical groups throughout America and Europe that they fund? Case in point, because of the grassroots, I'm doing the air quotes, grassroots action that we see by the radical left across the West. This is where all of their funding and their training comes from. Where's the call to get rid of that? Where's the call to even launch an investigation into it? Of course, if you ask anybody at this particular institution, they'll say, well, no, 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 no. we're not affiliated with politics in any way. So we're going to root for Donald Trump. We're going to compare him to Jesus. We're going to shout down Joe Biden if we're on the right. We're going to say, well, uh, we can't do this because of politics. We can't criticize this because of politics because it'll come back on us. And, and when we get into office and, and it's just jockeying for the next election, the next position and campaign contributions. While the corruption, the beating heart of that corruption remains entrenched in our nation, we're arguing about this. We're focused and all the headlines have a monopoly on this. This is my problem. This is my issue. This is my complaint. I don't care about Donald Trump being indicted on. I don't care if it's 300 charges or 30 charges or five. I don't care. That doesn't matter. I want that corruption rooted out at its core. And I want our original constitutional republic back. I don't want to build a new one. I want a re-upload of what we already have that made us the greatest nation. That's what I want. And I want that idea to resonate around the rest of the Western world and around the rest of the Eastern world, too, if they want it, if they want it bad enough, a system that deconstructs 
a tyrannical centralized government and redistributes that power into a system of checks and balances back into we the people. That is what I care about. That is what every American should care about. That is what every Western citizen should care about. Case in point, the last three years. Has your government treated you with respect and dignity or have they stomped all over your rights? Which way do we want to go? I, I like the idea of uh, abolishing those uh, think tanks, getting rid of them. Because what's yeah. their purpose again? What, why, why do we have think tanks? See, politicians are supposed to be representing us, right? They're not supposed to be following what an, uh, a think tank says. So they shouldn't well, the even exist in the first yeah, place. To be, to be fair, to be fair, d d within the structure of this, just so we're clear and we're, we remain objective on this, the think tanks don't simply go after the politicians. They do, of course, but they don't simply go after the politicians. They hone in on their staffers more than anybody else. The people you don't see, the ones that are working behind the scenes within that office and within that structure up on the hill or in the state houses or down to your local mayor's office. That's who they go after. And those people that are on those staff of the elected representative, that's who advises them. The politician is too busy talking about this point or that point or whatever to look into something. So they rely on their staffers to give them the proper information to talk on and what their position is going to be, because that staffer is looking out for their own self-interest because they're going to get the next position at whatever agency or whatever department or whatever campaign for the next election. So they're looking to benefit themselves as well. So these think tanks target the staffers more than anybody else. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interject on you, but we need to be clear on that. Yeah. So the, it kind of uh, think tanks are kind of the same to me as lobbyists, uh, both of which should be illegal. Um, they should not be a thing. Um, I don't like government intervention in this kind of thing, but it should be understood that, um, no, you don't use outside force to outside of the American people. You have to use like it. The American people are the ones that uh, talk to their politicians and push their politicians. They're the ones that elect the politician. Um, n not I, I just, you know. There's so much corruption and so much. Uh, I, I was talking to someone yesterday about this, and um, they're an outsider in the sense of they're they're not from the U.S. They they so they're looking at our system from the outside, and they're like, your system is totally broken. And that's when I told him, I said, it's not the system that's the problem; it's the people in the system. I said we we get unelected bureaucrats that are given power that they do not have, and then. The American people just go along with it. They abide by it. That's the thing is because of our consent as the American people, the government has power. The government usurps power and we just consent to it. We have to start uh, civilly disobeying. And that's one of the processes that we need to be using to uproot the um, corruption in our system. And, and the, the, the people, the, the, the departments... It's just the the problem is uh, we have to have the American people uh, jump on board with this, and that's where that's where it, it, the struggle is right now is getting people to understand their place in this government system, and then not only knowing where their place is in the government system as the leadership, mind you, that like literally you're the leader as the American citizen, but for some reason they 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 consent to the specialists or the elite class, you know the. They listened to, uh, who was it? The freaking, was it Woodrow Wilson, whose dream was to basically have a elite class or a specialist class, and you just listen to the experts 
and they basically rule your life for you. They orchestrate your life. Right now, the American people are are fully ab abiding by that. And why not, right? I mean, it seems to benefit them, at least they think so. Everybody's lulled into this sense of complacency. I don't want to worry about that. I've got too much on my plate right now. And I honestly, I believe that to be the case for a lot of people. A lot of people are running around working this job, working that job. They've got kids. They're trying to get to do whatever extracurricular activity or they're trying to help them with their homework or whatever in one of these god awful public school systems. They just don't have time, right? By the time they finish their day, and get all their adulting and their, their responsibilities done, they can't be asked to do any research. They can't be asked to do anything. And so they naturally go and try and find this information for themselves, and they look in various places. They look on social media, which I wouldn't really consider that a source of whatever. They go to TikTok, of all damn places. They go to the mainstream media. They look at whatever news article that was posted by somebody, and they believe every word of it. Or they turn on podcasts because they have a deeper inquisitive mind and they listen to not necessarily us, but other people like us, including ourselves. I understand. I, I do understand. Everyone's trying to make it and everyone's trying to uh, do things as best they can. But at the same time, by having all of this compounded on everybody, this is the point of all of this. It's meant to overwhelm you so much so that you can't formulate any kind of a resistance against this, organize, and have these people removed, legally and lawfully, I might add. So until we come to grips, and I, quite frankly, I, I believe that this will be the case, when things drastically change to the point where people don't feel like they have any attitude control any longer, then that's when you will see con some kind of change within people's mindsets, as in, when water doesn't flow from your tap, when your electricity doesn't come on when you flip the light switch, when you go to buy that loaf of bread, when you go to buy that gallon of milk or eggs or whatever, and these things are not there and they're not coming on a truck on Tuesday, then you will see things start to change. When you're paying $20 a gallon for gasoline or diesel, things will change. Oh, you think I'm joking? Oh, that's coming. That is coming, and it's coming very soon. When it costs you $50 for a loaf of bread or $35 for a dozen eggs, then things will start to change, I believe. And the problem becomes at that point, I'm just looking at historical references here. Argentina is a fantastic example of this. Once one of the most rich nations in the world per capita, all of a sudden, overnight, it just completely changed. You had, you had business people in suits that were fighting over raw meat in the streets overnight. That's how fast it can happen. And people aren't prepared for that. The problem will become trying to maintain a sense of order when all of these people turn to chaos. And that's what it will be. This is why we argue all of the time and we advise people to prepare in whatever way you can so that if there is a crisis in the future, which, hell, you just turn on your TV and tell me there's not one, so when there is a problem or there is a run on something, you are not part of that crowd because the threat doesn't become not having item A, B, or C. The threat becomes the other person, the other group of people against you because you're all fighting over something that you didn't prepare for to begin with. That becomes the bigger problem. And if you become injured or worst case scenario, incapacitated by an angry mob, what good are you to you and yourself and your family at that point, let alone your community or whoever your team is? So 
that's my little piece of advice, I suppose. I, I don't really have any other way to put it, really, on being prepared. It's just that simple. And I think that's how fast things will change. And I, I don't believe that things will change until we start to see situations like that. A good thought experiment for you, uh, being in the, the midst of this. Uh, you know how we talk about it's it's difficult to wake your friends up or your family. Uh, a good thought experiment for you to uh, uh, pursue is uh, the next time you have a family meeting or a friend get together or something, uh, uh, with the weather warming up, just shut off the air conditioning. And when they complain about it being too hot, remind them that this is the future. This is what's coming. We're not going to be allowed to run our air conditioners um, more than you know, X amount a day because you're only allotted so much energy or you can't afford it and just uh, make it a little inconvenient for them, you know, a little uncomfortable and just show them a little bit of um, uh, discomfort of what's coming. And that might help you uh, wake them up. Bruce, would you say that the African trip for Vice President Kamala Harris was a success? Uh, defined success. What, well, what exactly did we she have, do while she was down there? Well, she announced that, yeah, she didn't do much. She announced that we have a, a new era of partnership between the United States and African nations. Do we? I'm curious. Uh, what exactly have you done to uh, further diplomatic relations while you were down there? Other than talk about your usual woke crap. What exactly have you done? What kind of deals have we made down there? What kind of trade deals have we negotiated? She did say that this was going to be a, a historic trade agreement between the U.S. and Africa. She did say that. Um, let me see. On her visit, she pledged more than $1 billion in public and private money for economic development, $100 million for security assistance in West Africa, and $500 million to facilitate trade with Tanzania. Okay, well, while that's going on in our supposed allied nations, this is what Russia is doing down there. Now, see if you can catch on to the subtle hints in this, Bruce. Russia's President Putin has just erased $20 billion of African debt accumulated since Soviet times, saying it was an act of generosity and pragmatism, with many countries unable to pay their interest. He now wants to double trade with the continent over the next five years. Since the days of the Soviet Union, Moscow has been involved in Africa, sometimes supporting the fight against colonialism, racism, and apartheid. It also helped build economies. The Aswan High Dam in Egypt, one example. It remains the largest hydroelectric power station in Africa and was built with Soviet assistance. African states are stepping up in global affairs, and Russia sees Africa as a leader in the emerging multipolar world order. With $20 billion of debt written off, the continent can now allocate more resources to much-needed infrastructure development. I, I'm sorry, uh, did I hear references in there to, uh, obviously that's a propaganda piece, but did I hear references in there to uh, the Soviet Union and, and how uh, they have launched uh, another five-year plan? Did you catch that? It's almost like it never went away. Oh, you're, you're going to... You're going to uh, foster a relationship down there that has been, uh, how do they put it, uh, historically against supporting the fight against colonialism, racism, and apartheid? The Soviet Union? Are you kidding me? They have funded Marxist revolution after Marxist revolution after Marxist revolution of hatred and discrimination in nearly every African nation in the last hundred years. We even played the uh, the clip many times of Yuri Bezmenov when he was talking about the guerrilla groups, the Marxist guerrilla groups that they would fund 
in Africa. It was always one Marxist killing another Marxist because he was more Marxist than the other Marxist. And they've stood against, uh, what was it? Uh, the fight against colonialism, racism, and apartheid? Really? Why do you trouble yourself with pesky little facts? Why, why don't you just listen to the propaganda that of course Russia's putting out there? Of course. And you know, you did notice all of the, the B-roll footage from the Soviet Union of such as Stalin and his entourage and the, uh, the old Soviet buildings and everything. It's, it's almost like they're trying to tell us something. It's almost like the Soviet Union never collapsed. Or they, almost. They, they just changed their shirt. Yeah. Kind of like they changed the, well, they didn't actually change the office. They changed the name on the door of the office at the FSB. They, that's all they did. It's interesting how they, you know, they changed things like this. But anyway, uh, so that's what th uh, the Russians are doing. That's what Putin's doing in, uh, in Africa. Would you trust doing a deal with the Russians in Africa with having that history? I don't think so, no. Now, that's not to say that Western deals in the past have been much better, but let's be honest about what the intentions of the communist bloc countries are. China, for example, has no interest in bettering the lives of the people of Africa. None whatsoever. This is what China will do. I've explained this many times before. This is a tactic of theirs as part of their Belt and Road Initiative. They will go into a country. Basically, the Russians do almost the same thing. They'll go into a country and they will say, wow, you don't have very much in the way of infrastructure here. You don't have any bridges. You don't have any roads. You don't have any clean water. You don't have electricity. We can change all of that. We can help you with that. And the downtrodden dictator will say, how? I will gladly make these deals with you. How do we do this? Well, you see, we're interested in that that cobalt you got over there, you see, or we're interested in that oil that you got, that oil deposit, or we're interested in that natural gas or that that lithium that you have over there. That's what we're interested in. Or we're interested in that gold. That's what we're interested in. Now, you won't have to do anything to get all these infrastructure upgrades put in. But what we'll do is we'll supply you the labor and then we'll make sure that you get all of the proceeds of that so you can garner favor with your population and you can be reelected again and again and again. That's what they do. They will go in. They will build a military installation, the People's Liberation Army. They will build a military installation in these African countries. They will build all the infrastructure, as they say, that great Chinese craftsmanship. They will build these infrastru this infrastructure. They will build paved roads. They will build bridges. They will build electricity and, and power plants and water treatment facilities and all the rest of it, again, with Chinese quality. They will build all of these things. But the people that they send there, the workers, they will not interact with the local population. They will not spend money in the local economy. See, that was the difference between Westerners going in and making trade deals with the African nations and the South American nations, whereas they will not do this. They will go in, they will strip the resources, they will show absolutely positively zero concern for any environmental damage caused, and then they will leave. I'm, I'm curious. Okay, so yeah, I, I agree with the, uh, what, you, what you said there about what China and Russia both do. Do we really think, though, that our administration really cares about Africa? No. Um, other no. than just being a talking point and other than being, you know, uh, another point for their um, woke or their um, uh, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah. Anyway, do, do, do you really think that they care? And no, I agree. No, they don't. They don't care. Uh, this is just uh, for show more political theater. I would really like to know what's really going on behind the scenes, what kind of deals they're really doing. Because uh, 
as we learned with the last vice president, uh, anytime he visited a location, it was not because it was on Americans' business. It was uh, because he was doing some kind of dealing himself with his family. So um, what exactly was Kamala doing over there? Is it again about... Okay, this is going to sound bad, but um, is it wrong? Am I wrong in this? Do you really think Kamala's smart enough to um, create a mafia family, if you will? I don't believe that, no. No. I don't know she, about her she... husband. I, I don't know about him. I don't know much about him, but uh, she... No, I, I don't. And the reason I say no on her is because of where she came from. She was a, I mean, she was a nobody. I mean, an absolute nobody. Do you know how she got her start? I'll tell you. Used to be a guy on television in America. His name was Montel Williams. He debuted her on the red carpet at an Entertainment Tonight venue. The video's floating around out there. It's, it's, Pretty difficult to find, but you can find it. He's the one that introduced her into the public spectacle. And now all of a sudden, she's wormed her way up to being the vice president of the United States. Other than that, if she hadn't had that initial introduction, no one would have ever heard of this woman. Depends on who she was doing at the time. Yes. Well. well, I mean, we do call her heels up Harris for a reason. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which is actually how yeah. she became attorney general of the state of California. I, I, I want to know... I really want to know what else is going on behind the scenes. Here's another, actually, here's a, here's a fun one, actually, to, to just kind of had a thought. What if she was really down there to interact with some Russians and not actually Africa? That is another thought. I mean, if you look at the cabal within the White House, they are compromised by the Russians. I mean, yes, the Chinese financially, but I believe that he was compromised long before the Chinese ever got a hold of him. Case in point, he was put into the Senate by Arm and Hammer. What more do you need to know? That was Lenin's capitalist, self-proclaimed. You can't get any more connected to uh, Soviet Russia than that, uh, to Bolshevik Russia than that. So, you know, I I believe the people within this administration and the well, not so much maybe the previous one, but the one before that, the Obama administration, I believe all of those people were doing deals with the Russians. I mean, remember the clip that we played of Obama. I've actually got it on tap. We can play it again if we need to. But summed up, it was him sitting on a stage with Dmitry Medvedev, who at the time was the Russian president, and said on the hot mic, which this wasn't supposed to be caught, but he said on the hot mic, look, tell Vladimir, I'll do what he needs, but this is my last election. I need to get through this and, and I'll do what he needs after the election. They were exposed when he said that. He knew what was going on. The whole deal, the whole deal that they had set up with Ukraine anyway, I'm not entirely certain that they were doing that deal to undermine the Russians to begin with. This would explain the Ukraine war. Again, I still don't quite fully understand what's going on in there about that. We've been scratching our heads here for months trying to figure out exactly what that play is, because everything that Putin has done to get into Ukraine has not made any tactical sense whatsoever. Putin's not a stupid guy. He might be a whatever, you know, crazy narcissist or whatever, whatever the, the media claims he is. He might be that. I don't know. I've never met the guy. I don't plan to. But one thing he is not, given the position that he's in, is stupid. Just like George Soros. George Soros is not stupid. He's a very intelligent man. Bill Gates is not stupid. He's a very intelligent man. Klaus Schwab, another man. I, I criticize Klaus Schwab all the time, but I criticize him on policy, not from his personality or anything. I mean, yeah, we kind of make fun of the whole, you know, Bond villain white cat thing, but that's just out of humor. Schwab's a very intelligent man. These are these are intelligent people. You don't make simple mistakes like that. I don't understand why why Putin would have gone in to Ukraine at the start of Rasputista last year, the rainy season in Ukraine. It makes no sense. 
None whatsoever. So that leads me to believe, again, that it's just one man's opinion. It leads me to believe that they're not opposed to what's going on in Ukraine here in the West. They're not opposed to it. It's all for the sake of show. Again, another show. It's what we're meant to see. And then we're meant to pick a side in that dialectic again, cultural Marxism. So I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's it's one of those deals where they've reverse infiltrated the financial institutions such as BlackRock and JP Morgan and Wells Fargo and all these places that Zelensky mentioned that he welcomed to come in and rebuild Ukraine as a new kind of like, say, uh, a Marshall Plan or something, kind of like what we did with Europe after the Second World War, where we rebuilt Europe. We jump started the economy and we let the, uh, you know, the capitalist free market system kind of take over and rev its engine and, and it produced prosperity, at least in you know West Germany and parts of France. So I don't know if that's what they're thinking of doing, tapping into Western capital to build the start of this digital society that they want to create because of that promo video that we played. That would make sense. I mean, that, that's the, I'm just formulating things in my head as to what this all could be. And that's the only thing that I can come up with right now, based on what we see. Just forced a lot of evictions. You just have, you know, you, you, you've destroyed a lot of buildings and whatnot. So you have new land that needs new facilities to house these peoples. And we have a digital currency. And yeah, I mean, th there's a lot of things there that on the surface, uh, you could argue that that's exactly what it's meant to do is, is pave the way for this, uh, system they want to implement. And again, uh, do we know where Russia's stance is on this whole social credit system? Do we know where Russia's stance is with the World Economic Forum? Do we know? I, I will take it based on their past attitudes. And the reason I say is because if you look at Russia's foreign policy, whether or not you believe the Soviet Union actually collapsed or if it was just for our viewing pleasure, if you look at their foreign policy, their foreign policy has remained the same. It has not changed since the inception of the Soviet Union. It is the same. Their infiltration tactics, their subversion tactics, their use of intelligence services and their practices of, of espionage and intelligence gathering here in the West has not changed. They might have changed the names of these organizations, KGB, FSB. They might have changed these things, but their tactics and their policies remain the same. So if I'm looking at a new global system, which is what Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum promote is a new global system. And then, of course, they've got all the young global leaders and all the corporations and all the financial groups and everything else. If I'm looking at this and I'm Russia, I'm saying I want to have a seat at that table, but I don't want to be at the head of that table. I want to have somebody else as the head of that table, and I want to have a heavy influence over that person that's at the head of that table. That is what I think is going on. Yeah. I tend to agree. I tend to think this is uh honestly the 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 other the other possibility in this is uh they're playing along saying this is a great idea to get the West to enact it on their own people. And then when the West is weak and they're unable to resist, um, you just quietly take over their systems. You quietly control their governments or their AI or what have you, whatever's well, running what they're it. doing. And, that's exactly uh, what they're doing. Is is that? That's mm -hmm. what they've been doing. Yep. So I I I, I agree. I don't think they're taking a direct stance or a, a a public stance, if you were, or visual stance. They're doing this all behind the scenes. 
Yeah, and it makes sense for them to do it like that too. Again, based on the way that they do business, it makes perfect sense for them to behave in such a manner. And again, that's what I believe. You know, that, that's based on my own research, and I'm still researching. I mean, I've got a lot more research to do, and we, we've got a lot more to do. But based on their, uh, you know, their past policies, I would say that's, and the fact that they haven't changed, I would say that that's their play. I could be mistaken. I don't. I don't know. I believe that as as myself. Now I'm relaying that opinion to somebody else because that's what I believe based on my own research. If you have a different opinion, I don't mind. You know, I'm not one of these people that says, well, you have to believe my way and that's the way. No, no. If you have a differing of opinion, if you do your own research and you come to a different conclusion, I would love to hear about it. I would love to hear a different take. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not wrong. I don't know. But I believe here in the West, it's incumbent upon all of us to take the time and to do the research and to do the deep dives, do the analysis, to form your own opinion based on your research, not what somebody else gives you. Here I am giving you an opinion, and that's only because I have a platform to give you that opinion. I'm not saying you have to believe it. I'm not one of these people, and Bruce is not one of these people, that tells you what to think. I would rather tell people how to think, as in learn how to think for yourself. Well, there, there is one caveat. That I'll tell you what to think. Uh, if you start doing like the pedo groomer stuff. Okay, yeah, um, that's, that's crossing the line right there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that part I understand. So that I will tell you what I think, too. And I, I will tell you what mm. to think when it comes to that. Yes, no argument. But when it comes to politics and the differing of, uh, of ideas yeah. and, and formulations on how to come up with a, a conclusion and things, sure, I will go back and forth about that all day long. But again, I, I encourage everyone to go out and read, go out and look for this research. This research is, is available. I mean, I'm finding a lot of this stuff in the past. I'm not finding it in current stuff. You look for this in, in current literature, you're not going to find it. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you've got to go back. We've got to go back. Like I said, we're, we're in the process now. We've got about three quarters of a century of information that we have to come to terms with in order to be able to talk on this. And we're in the process of doing that now. So yeah, again, that's an encouragement. You still have time to learn about this. This piggybacks as to what I was saying yesterday. This this goes along with what I was saying yesterday about in order to understand what we're fighting for, we have to understand who we're fighting against. And you have to understand the mindset of the people that you're fighting against to go with that. If you don't understand that, which I'm sorry to say, I am very sorry. It, it pains me to say that most of the people, because of political convenience, because of entrenched policies, because of misconceptions, the people that are within our governmental systems and in our institutions have turned a blind eye to all of this. They don't understand any of this, or they outright deny that it's even happening. Or they're complicit. They're doing it Or themselves. they're complicit. Yeah, or they're complicit. I personally think the, the former is the bigger problem. If you're complicit, that is an easy fix. But if you're outright denying that this is actually happening when you're seeing it, that's worse than someone that's complicit, in my opinion. Because at least the person's knowingly selling themselves out. So... Anything else that you have today, Bruce? Like I said, we're going to go a few minutes early today, but uh, anything else you got? Nothing pressing. Uh, to be honest, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, sitting in front of a, uh, a fan or taking a nice cold shower, to be honest. Um, quite warm, warm just sitting here, uh, you know. Well, I wish you a, uh, a wonderful cooler afternoon. I see you're on your third bottle of water, I believe. 
uh, since uh, since sitting there. So I wish you the very best, my friend, and uh, we will uh, we'll catch you next time. We're going to go ahead and call this one done. I'd like to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening.